Iona Italia is the editor-in-chief of Aereo, host of the Two for Tea podcast, and the writer of the Second Swim Substack newsletter. She's also the author of a two-part book, Our Tangle World, published by Malonga Press in 2018. Last week, we sat down and got into all things tango. A favorite anecdote of mine was learning that tango initially arose as a means by which madams would entertain men while they waited their turn with prostitutes and bordellos. At least that's one hypothesis. It was a real pleasure to chat with Iona, and I hope you'll enjoy this week's conversation. If you like the eclectic range of arts, culture, and science coverage that Quillette offers, please consider subscribing today. We'd love for you to join us. Iona, thanks so much for joining me on 27 Rouge. Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Would you like to start off by reading something for us? Uh, yes, I'm going to read a piece. Uh, this is a piece adapted from um, my book on tango, which is called Our Tango World. And uh, it's uh, an adaptation of it that I created uh, for my Substack. So it's been uh, this particular piece has been published in my Substack, which is called The Second Swim. And it's about my experiences um, dancing tango with my then professional tango partner, um, whose name was Aaron Zvi uh, Weiner. He is an Israeli guy who was known for his kind of very leisurely, treacly, unhurried style of dancing. So in my book, I gave him the uh, pseudonym, the slow Semite. <laughs> and uh, um, we used to go every Monday evening to a particular um, milonga, which is a, a, a dance event, a dance evening, um, to practice together. Mm. And he often came with his girlfriend, but he mostly danced with me because we were we were practicing and uh so i wrote a piece about this and um it is also about um eroticism and sensuality in tango and it's called dancing with my girlfriend's boyfriend and okay. i'll just find that piece dancing with my girlfriend's boyfriend and a little note for civilians before we begin. Argentine tango is usually danced in sets of four songs. Each set is called a tanda, and the evening dance event is known as a milonga. As usual tonight, he danced many tandas with me, most of the tandas with me, at this informal milonga where we regularly practice, glancing over from time to time looking for his girlfriend to check that she was enjoying herself out on the floor before turning back to me so we could continue to work on our figures. If she's not having a good night, we always part amicably so he can dance with her. It's not gentlemanly, after all, to leave your girlfriend sitting miserably part partnerless while you dance tanda after tanda with someone else. Last night, several times, in gaps between sets, I sought her out and sat with her, enjoying her calm, reassuring presence. We were sitting together like that as the final set of the evening began to play. I asked her, Do you want to dance with him? No, no, go ahead, she gestured towards him. He's all yours. I've spent most of my adult life in long-term relationships. 
and my boyfriends have always had their own connections with others. Their tennis opponents, their drinking buddies, their female best friends, their pianist accompanists, their favourite dance partners. So I don't feel guilty that I have danced with so many other women's boyfriends, husbands and lovers. Tango is a way of communicating and collaborating with someone else. But is it really more intimate, more sexual than other ways, such as playing sport, making music, having heated debates, co-authoring a book? Because it is by nature a coupled activity, and because it involves physical contact. Perhaps to some degree, but not so much that it makes sense to shut out others, to try to corral, control or restrict your partner. If you are a jealous person, though, perhaps you shouldn't watch too closely as your partner dances with someone else, just as you might not want to watch your actor boyfriend rehearse a love scene. Hmm. In tango, you hold another person close to you for a length of time that would have all kinds of implications outside a dance context. If you gave someone four long consecutive hugs of three minutes each, without moving, things would probably get pretty steamy. But as always with touch, context and intention are everything. We don't embrace because we are longing to touch each other. We don't dance because we want to snuggle. It feels sensual because that's the nature of this dance. It's not personal. Tango is a liminal space between sex and art, but almost always situated deep within art side of that boundary. Its relationship to the sensual often feels less like raw attraction and more like an illusion to romance. You feel like a student actress reciting Juliet's lines to whomever the director happens to have cast, rather than like a happy girlfriend walking hand in hand along the beach with your lover. The intimacy of it isn't fake, but it isn't real either. That's why most people are monogamous in their love lives, but dance with a wide variety of people at the Malonga. We need the bumper sticker that says, Tango dancers do it all night long, changing partners every 15 minutes. By sublimating it into art, we take something that is usually exclusive, and without stripping it of all its eroticism, transform it into something that can be widely shared. It's a magical mutation, a midsummer night's dream, a topsy-turvy approach in a land of lavender's blue, lavender's green, if you are king, then I will be queen. The somatic communication that takes place through dance bypasses the verbal and runs deeper than the erotic. If we dive down past the layers of sexual orientation, the rigid restrictions of hetero and homo, past the selfish demands of our genes, the complementarity of mitochondria, the localized ache of sexual longing, the sticky, odorous frictions of lovemaking, we will find something more constant and more universal, a delight in the living body, in the softness of a responsive torso against yours as you twist together in the spiralling motions of the dance, whether that torso is flat and you can sense the delicate bones of the ribcage pressing against you in their branching lines, 
or whether you feel the spongy cushioning of subcutaneous fat molded into the oval structures of breasts. In the line of your foot, tracing a circle on the floor. In the feeling of your own hip bones, circular or elliptical, snakely narrow or fructiferously wide, satisfyingly heavy under the demands of gravity. In the sensation of the loopy psoas muscle lifting a leg, in the curved arch of your foot in a high-heeled shoe and the curved arch of a palm in your hand. In the domino stack of knobbly vertebrae in its beautiful sibilant shape. In the plated shoulder blades sliding viscously down the back. In the Adam's apple nestling in the throat. In the eyes, shut, in order to feel the impulses of the other person's body. This joy in the body is pre-sexual. It comes before the sexual, both in time and in priority. Because before we can mate and reproduce, we need to be alive. And the dance demands that we focus on physical sensation, on embodiment, on corporality. When I dance, I hope, through the minute focus on this tiny bubble of partnered movement, to access something much bigger than I am, to harness the natural patterns imposed by the structures of the Homo sapiens body and the gravitational constraints of our blue and emerald planet, to hitch a ride on the physical laws of our universe. Okay, there you go. Thank you for, for sharing. I have a whole, a whole page of notes on this. Um, beautifully written very elegant and revealing Thank you. yeah no truly um it's 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 revealing of this not just um as an art form because you when you think of art painting writing i you know i participate in writing by friends some friends who paint um it, it's it's you think of some art forms as, as solitary acts you know you're alone uh, at the desk in the library writing or you're, you know, just you and the canvas. Uh, maybe you have a subject and you're sketching it out. But, you know, there's this expression, obviously, not to use the cliche, it, it, it takes two to tango. And you describe um, the the art as an act of communication and collaboration. So it's not it's not something that 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 you can do alone. It requires a partner. We can get into the uh, sensuality, the relationship, uh, that the sort of relationship that falls more on the side of art than on uh, intimacy in, in, in a little bit. But I'm just curious how you negotiate this. I mean, it's such an intimate, personal act, um, and yet uh to to dance with someone you have to they have to know all the steps maybe you've never met them before how do you go about creating something beautiful like that with somebody who you've perhaps never encountered before dancing with them yeah so um i um tango is improvised in the sense that um there isn't a set kind of step pattern um the basic, the basic movement of tango is just walking, um, the leader walking forward, the follower walking backwards, um, in a close embrace. So 
holding holding each other and having a usually contact across uh, around this area across the top of the chest and mm. maybe at, at the side of the face um as mm. well um so um it's but although there isn't a, a there aren't any set patterns there are conventional ways of moving so um when you're learning um, you learn the movement conventions. So you learn to recognize um, when you're following, for example, um, when you're, when you're, uh, with, with lead and followed partner dances, there is a, um, a first learned and later intuitive response to what you feel happening in the other person's body. So leading is not something you do to the follower, but it's something that you, the leader, do in your own movement, which communicates something to the follower. So to give you a very, very simple example, imagine you and I are boogieing together on the dance floor, right? Yeah. We're standing like this, we're each boogieing, you're in front of me, I'm in front of you. If I then start coming towards you a little bit like this, mm. you're going to go back a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and without me saying anything to you and without doing anything to you um, to make you do that, that is going to be your kind of intu your intuitive response. And there we already have leading and following, basically. Um, and tango and other most other partner dances work in exactly that way, except that um, instead of... Um, Oh, we also have the kind of one per when one person is walking forward, the other person starts walking back. When I feel the, the man make preparations to walk, I make preparations to walk. So we walk at the same time. But also, um, other, there are other kind of conventions that you learn. So you learn if you feel the body twisting this way, you twist the other way, you, you're put, place your weight on one foot. Um, and so certain kind of movement patterns um, emerge from that. So what you're doing when you improvise, I think this is true in art in general, is in order to improvise very, very freely, you first absolutely immerse yourself in the joint language of that art form. Um, and then you're responding moment by moment to what you're feeling in the other person's body. And you also both have the music as an external point of reference. So, uh, for example, um, the, there's only um, a relatively small number of different timings with which um, you're going to walk. Mm. So um, if I, if I walk towards you in a, at a completely unpredictable speed, then we will bump into each other or get away from each other. Mm. But in tango, because there's a beat in the music, um, I'm always going to walk on the beat or twice as fast as the beat or twice as slowly as the beat mm. or very occasionally on other accented off beats and um, places like that. But there's a, a, a limited um, range of timings. So... And a limited kind of, um, you need to be doing things that make sense with the music. So, um, 
between those two cues, that is how you, that's how you improvise. So you don't need to have danced with the person before in order to dance with them or even uh, perform with them. So I did once do a performance with someone I had never danced with before. We just walked onto the floor, um, embraced for the first time and, uh, immediately started, uh, dancing in performance. Um, yeah. And, is, mean, does that answer your question? <laughs> no, it, does, it certainly does. I mean, I guess, and you don't even need to speak the same language then or have any kind of, I'm sure there's cases where perhaps you don't speak the same language, but it's, you speak the language of tango and you both understand what the yes the sort of not even rules but guidelines it sounds like are um could you dance without uh music maybe that's an ignorant question i know nothing about this i never i mean, i did i took ballroom dancing in college cuz i thought it would be cool but i always just tripped over my own two feet and i stopped going after a couple of weeks um so you couldn't dance tango without music uh you could yes you you can um i think uh it's it's easier to dance with music and it makes more sense um mm. and you need a specific i mean there are several things that are unique about tango and one of them is that the music is unusually sophisticated for dance music so the music mm. that people dance to um in for example, um, swing or salsa, um, has, um, has a very regular underlying, um, rhythmic pattern. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, there's, there's actually a variant of tango that has this as well. It's called, confusingly, it's called milonga, the same name yeah. as the dance event. And it goes tum, 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 tum. Um, that's the Malonga rhythm. Um, and so any tune that you have going over the top, well, basically, most of the time, the strong moments in the underlying rhythm will correspond to the strong moments in the melody. And that is also true most of the time in, um, in swing, um, in lindy hop, in salsa, and it's absolutely true in ballroom dancing. In ballroom dancing, they even adapt and smooth out music to make mm. sure that the strong moments in the melody correspond with the strong moments in the rhythm. And that gives a, a, a um, that makes it easier to dance to. Um, and it, it works quite, it can work very well. And you can have a lot of underlying rhythms also going on in the background. Um, but it creates a kind of, um, it's it somewhat limits the sophistication of the music and tango because the only underlying repeated rhythm is just an absolutely straight count it goes one three one two three four one two three four that's it there's no mm. quick quick slow there's no uh, repeated pattern mm. and because of that there's a lot of flexibility as to what you do with the melody so tango melodies don't um follow a don't follow necessarily a set rhythm um and they feel very similar to melodies from opera um from italian opera mm -hmm. so there's a there's a kind of level of sophistication in the music and mm -hmm. 
that also uh, provides a lot of flexibility in the interpretation of the dance because you don't have to keep uh, being on the strong beat of some repeated rhythmic pattern. And how did you first fall in love with I don't with know if that's Franca? too technical to no, <laughs> understand I, in, uh, without, without music. No, first of all, it's interesting to me. I can, I'm sort of hearing it and imagining, like visualizing the, the tango that I've seen in my life. And technical is good because first, I mean, it, it's interesting. <laughs> like you're, you're, first of all, it lends you credibility. But second of all, it, um, I don't know. I, I'm starting to like piece things together slowly. My, my amateur mind. Um, Iona, how did you first, uh, fall in love with this? How did you get exposed to tango and how did you get wrapped up in, in this world? Mm. So I don't have a really exciting origin story <laughs> for my tango life. Um, I was, I had, uh, recently broken up with a boyfriend and, um, I was feeling very heartbroken. And as I, um, as used to always be my practice, uh, after a breakup, I took up a new hobby mm-hmm. um, to kind of take my mind off things. And um, I really enjoyed, um, I enjoy, I always enjoyed dance. I had always enjoyed dancing. Um, I, I used to win like disco dancing competitions when I was a teen. Um, yeah. I was famous for being the first person on, onto and the last person off the dance floor at, at any <laughs> yeah. party. Um, and uh i just spotted this tango class and i went along um and i actually wasn't crazy about it when i first began and tango does have um it is quite hard on beginners there's a very steep initial learning curve more so than with other partner dances um and this is partly because of the greater range of kind of uh dynamic possibilities in interpreting the music, which I just talked about. But I think it's mostly because of the way we hold each other in tango, um, mm-hmm. the embrace. So in um and I should clarify that ballroom tango, what's called tango in ballroom dance, where people are leaning away from each other and turning their heads and doing very angular steps. I don't even understand how it got the name because it doesn't bear any relationship to um, Argentine tango at all. Um, mm. it's not possible to dance Argentine tango to ballroom tango music, what they call tango music. It doesn't work. And, um, it also just the movements, it's not subtle. It doesn't resemble each other at all. It, it doesn't resemble tango at all any more than rumba or, okay. um, any of the other ballroom dances do. So, um, but in Argentine tango, because you hold the other person so close, your movement is very dependent on their movement. And mm. a lot of the skill, especially initially, the skill is in harmonizing your movements together. And whereas in most partner dances, you are a little bit further apart, there's space between your bodies. Or you're just holding hands, for example, in Lindy Hop, you're uh, in many and West Coast Swing and many dances like that. You're holding hands, um, 
and uh, um, oh, and salsa. You're holding both hands. You're moving around. You've got you've got kind of independent, more independence of movement. Whereas in tango, your bodies are touching, and so you have got to coordinate um, moving at the same time. Otherwise, uh, it just doesn't work. And in fact, it makes it also more difficult socially to dance tango with just anybody because if the other person is not a good dancer, it's not just a little bit boring to dance with them as it would be if you were dancing swing, say, but right. it's actually very difficult for you to dance your part um, right. because of because you move together. So at first, I, I, I wasn't crazy about it at first, it took a little while to grow on me. And then I um, became really hooked. And in 2006, um, I was working as an academic. Um, I was teaching English literature at the University of East Anglia. And I was very, um, I was very dissatisfied with and disillusioned with academic life for a number of reasons, but let's maybe not get into them right now. But I um, decided to take a year a year's unpaid sabbatical to kind of, um, because I felt sort of burnt out with academe. And I went to Buenos Aires and my plan was to just uh, study tango for the year and uh, uh, come back an amazing dancer. That was my, <laughs> that was my naive belief. Um, and I arrived and I just um, got so, um, I felt uh, so passionate, I so passionately loved dancing that I decided I didn't want to go back. And so I rather foolishly uprooted my whole life and also um, changed my career. Started first, I was freelance, working as a freelance translator to make ends meet. And later I began actually teaching tango as a teaching assistant um, mm -hmm. to a couple of um, better known uh, tango dancers, mm -hmm. male dancers. And um, yeah, I never, I never returned to academe. And mm -hmm. I stayed in Buenos Aires for another 10 years. Very cool. What, what, what were you doing there? You were teaching the whole time or you were performing, showcasing? Um, you... Yeah, I was teaching, um, doing a little bit of performing. Performing in tango is usually, for most dancers, it's quite low-key. Um, you perform as a kind of adver advertisement for your own teaching. So the performances are often just one or two or, or three songs, 10 minutes max, and it's to an audience of other dancers at a dance event. Um, mm. So performance is never a very, or for most dancers, it's not a very big focus. Um, it's most, it's mostly teaching, coaching. I also wrote a very popular blog and um, I, so I managed to actually get a lot of teaching gigs because people liked my writing. So I would go, I would read from the book and I would give advice and I would also teach. And I also taught um, technique for women and I taught music appreciation for dancers and musicality. And um, and I wrote a book um, about my experiences called uh, the, the Our Tango World book. Yeah. Yep. I was reading uh, 
the summary and the reviews <laughs> before this interview. <laughs> um, no, that's 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 incredible. I, you know, I I think when you're performing in front of a, a couple things come to mind. First is that when you're performing in front of an audience of dancers, that has to be you know a bit nerve wracking because people actually know what they're <laughs> looking at and what to look for. Um, tough, tough. Talk about a tough crowd. Um, and then second of all, you you brought to you know an interesting uh, point to bear in. Um, a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned that it's actually harder to dance with somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. It's harder for you because you don't know what to do. Um, it's not just boring. It's actually difficult. Uh, this is totally unrelated. So you'll have to excuse the way that my silly mind works. But my my father used to get into these... Um, these bidding wars on eBay. He used to buy like, you know, old, I don't know, all kinds of stuff, baseball bats and, you know, Power Ranger collectible, whatever, you know, all kinds of stuff, whatever dad's buying eBay. And he used to say that, um, you know, in the same like guys would bid on some of similar items and everyone had their little username. He said it was harder for him to like figure out what moves to make, what counter moves with, like novice bidders, people who hadn't been in a lot of auctions because he didn't know how they were going to behave. So harder harder to deal with amateur. I imagine it's the same with warfare. You know, it's like you don't know how these guys are going to, what they're going to do, what their first move is going to be. Anyway, you can excuse <laughs> excuse that aside. Um, but I thought, I don't know, I thought that was funny. Um, Iona, how did history, <laughs> uh, how did the history of... of tango or how did tango come about um was this something that was developed over time or that you know was part of like um a south american cultural tradition or is it, is it it's of argentinian origin what's the what's the story of how tango actually emerged as a yeah so um, um yeah it's of argentine origin and um the exact beginnings of tango, uh, especially the dance, are shrouded in mystery. And um, there are there are a lot of kind of legends um, about it. Um, it's said that the dance developed in uh, brothels when, uh, when Argentina, uh, the music and the dance began in the late 19th century, in kind of the 1880s, 1890s, uh, possibly even slightly earlier than that. And at that time, there were five men to every woman in Argentina because uh, Argentina was a um, a land of immigrants. Um, in fact, much even more so than New York. Um, during the 30s, at the heyday of Argentine immigration, there were more than half of, of all the people in Buenos Aires had been born elsewhere. Only mm. half of what the Argentines call um, criollos, i.e. people who were born in born on, in Latin America. Um, so there was a huge population of immigrants. And of course, immigrants are always, um, men always immigrate first um, and uh, try to, you know, find jobs and make their fortune, which used to be called Hacerse la America, to make your America, um, mm. i.e. your South America to come from. Uh, so people came over from... Um, the poorer areas of Italy in particular, southern Italy, um, Spain, and um, also many 
many, many Russian Jews. Um, those were the main groups. So um, in this time with so many men, there were also a lot of brothels. And one of the legends is that um, that the um, the madams would uh, dance tango with the men whilst they were waiting, or, or ah. the men would dance with each other to a piano. Mm. Um, and I'm really, I'm quite skeptical of that story because I, I feel there's distinct lack of evidence for this. And considering we're not talking that long ago, it's not the dark ages. Mm. If this had happened, I think there would be some evidence, um, some contemporary descriptions or documentation of some kind. And also, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think the brothels had the right kind of flooring for, <laughs> for dancing. Um, many were carpeted or they were very small, tiny, tiny spaces. So I'm not entirely convinced by that, but that's the most, uh, the most frequently cited legend. Um, and, um, the, um, the music, uh, was uh, the, Original tango music was had a lot in common with sort of marching band music. Um, it was very simple and jolly. And then in the late 19th century, um, the Germans brought over this instrument called the bandonian, which is it's like an accordion, except it has an accordion has a keyboard on one side on one side and buttons on the other. And a bandonian has buttons on both sides. Mm. Um, and it makes this very, pl uh, plangent, uh, wailing kind of sound, um, which is absolutely the, the most characteristic sound of tango. Um, tango's music is unimaginable without the bandonian. Um, and, um, so that I think cha changed change the nature of the music um, and shifted it over towards, the bandonian is easier to play in some keys than others. And in particular, it shifted it over towards minor keys and a more melancholy sound. And then um, the Italians came over and they brought their love of um, Italian opera. Mm. And um, the Italian opera tunes very definitely um, influenced the tango songs and melodies. And so it definitely seems that tango began, if it didn't begin in the brothels, it began on kind of street corners and as a, um, as a working man's um, dance um, or a, a dance that was kind of um, a little bit, um, a little bit suspect, um, a little bit lower class. Yeah. And then by the 1930s, it had become uh, gentrified and people were dancing in dance halls and um, what are called salons, what the yeah. Argentines call salons, by which they mean um, not kind of literary salons, but they mean like a dance, a formal kind of dance hall. Um, yeah. Tango became, became respectable. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. That's such a fascinating story. It's like to entertain the guys at the brothel and then, you know, sort of like the seedy origins <laughs> come into the into the mainstream. Um, it ha I mean, that happens with a lot of things. You know, things are sort of like 
rough and tumble until they become, you know, avant-garde and cool and then mainstream. And it, I don't know, sometimes that ruins things, but sometimes it, it makes them more accessible. I guess it depends on the art form and and on what we're talking about. Um, Iona, I wanted to talk about, uh, I have on my little notepad here, um, uh, something that you mentioned earlier, which is that tango is an allusion to romance. You talked about this spectrum of... of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Must be half past. Sorry, I think... this clock. <laughs> Is that okay? Um, yeah, you talked about the spectrum of on the one end of the spectrum is sort of uh, the sexual end or the intimate end, and on the other end is the art end. Um, and that tango, if anything, would be center right. It would be more towards the the art end of things. And you spoke you spoke about it <clears throat> from your reading as an allusion to romance rather than romance itself. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So I, the thing that really um, makes tango stand out among partner dances is the embrace. Um, that the way in which we hold each other in tango is more intimate and more kind of romantic than in other partner dances. So there are dances like uh, merengue and uh, salsa, uh, um, bachata, where you have um, a, a lot of body contact um, and uh, especially um, waist level, tummy level, and um, even groin, groin to groin contact. Um, and that might be might feel more intimate in a way but it's very um i think that the um i mean when you approach somebody in when you first approach someone in an intimate way you don't go up and grind your groin against them i don't advise <laughs> that um but what you do is you put your face your face close to their face you know you gradually move your face closer to theirs and see if they they bring their face closer as well and then uh, you know you you hold them in a hug and you kiss um and in tango we hold each other in a in a very um uh, traditionally very soft and relaxed uh, embrace it's not a hold it's not a frame as in ballroom dancing um, and you bring your uh, faces until they're touching or very close together. So it really feels the gesture is very similar to a gesture that you would make in an intimate romantic situation. Of course, there are many ways of affectionately hugging a person. Um, it needn't be sexual. Of course, you could hug someone very tenderly who is a friend, a parent, a child. Um, and... Uh, um, and you can, you know, you can, uh, feel all of those feelings and express those feelings when you are dancing. It can also seem like a kind of camaraderie thing. It's me and my best friend getting together and having fun together. Tango can feel like that or like two climbers sharing a rope. Um, but there is, there is 
the the gesture echoes this gesture of romance, but it's not romance because you're not the person is not holding you because they want to hold you, um, or maybe they want to hold you, but they have plausible deniability um, because they also want to dance, mm. and um, of course it can often be hard hard to tell. Uh, what's going on, what the motivation is. Does the person want to dance with you in order to be close to you physically? Or is it just vice versa? You have to be close physically in order to dance. And um, that ambiguity makes for a very flirtatious kind of scene, especially in in Argentina. I would say it's probably um, uh, among professional tango dancers is the most um, turbulent, <laughs> erotically turbulent <laughs> scene I've, I've ever encountered. Um, uh, and it, I think that a lot of the time it's just, um, you just don't, you're just completely inured to it if you're used to dancing. Um, sometimes it feels just actively lovely. Um, and at other times, it can make you feel, especially if you're single or going through a heartbreak or something, it can, can make you feel that you, it can be a, a, a trenchant and painful reminder of what you're missing. It's like you're that close to having the thing that you want, which is to be tenderly held in someone's arms. It's, it feels like almost there, but it's just a copy, you know, it's just, just a kind of imitation of the gesture. It's not infused with a feeling that you would want. So, um, that's what I mean by an, an allusion to romance. Um, like, for example, if I said, um, um, if I said, for example, um, I wrote in one of my Substack pieces recently, in sleep a queen, but waking no such matter. And that's an allusion to Shakespeare's sonnet, in, um, in sleep a king, but waking no such matter is the original line. So it's an echo of that um, line, but it's, and it reminds you of the poem if you know the poem, yeah. um, but it's not the poem itself. It's at one removed from the original. So that's what I mean by saying that it's like an allusion to romance. Mm. It's interesting. Ah, it makes me want to want to dance tango. It sort of <laughs> sounds exciting. To Everyone should dance, especially <laughs> men, actually. So um, the one issue with tango is there are, um, as always with dance, there are more women than men who are interested in dancing. Mm. Um, and it's of course you can women can dance with each other um and that can be very enjoyable but it's it's more enjoyable to dance with men at least i find it more enjoyable and it's also quite hard to learn both roles to a very high level so um if you have learned the follower's role you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of dancing the follower's role um and um when I say it's more enjoyable to dance with men, I mean all things being equal. If a woman is a very skilled leader, it's also very enjoyable to dance with her. Um, but um, 
so yes, there are there are kind of too many women. So often um, women end up sitting out and not dancing. And in tango, um, because a of the intimacy of the kind of close embrace and how difficult it can be to dance with somebody who is not a very good dancer in such a close embrace, and also because we traditionally dance in sets, in 10 to 15 minute sets, um, mm. as opposed to in single songs, as they do in most partner dances. Um, we don't change partners until after 15 minutes. And that means that people are very fussy about who they dance with. And women and men have different priorities there as well, because women want to dance with somebody who can dance well. If the guy can dance well, he could have three heads. I mean, they really don't give a shit how old he is, what he looks like, who he yeah. is. Um, they care about one thing and one thing only. Women want to have a good time out on the floor. They want a good dance experience. Men, <laughs> however, um, there are some men who also have that uh, priority. Um, but many men uh, primarily want to dance with the sexiest women. So um, there are often a lot of complaints from older women, uh, even very, very skilled older women, that they don't get uh, as many dances. Um, and I dance much less on the social scene nowadays. I generally dance um, when I can go with friends and dance with them. Um, or when I can practice, um, or I dance in less in less kind of um, high-powered scenes. But mm. for example, I rarely go out dancing in London just to a tango event um, mm. because I don't get dances. I'm too old. I don't get um, I don't get to dance. And um, we can come to in a minute how people ask each other. But uh, women and men do do both ask each other. Um, so it's not that you can't ask the men to dance the woman. You can, but they will just say no um, if they don't want to dance with you. That's considered, it's not considered rude to decline dances in tango. So um, I would say that if you're a single woman, um, I would be a bit cautious about taking up tango. Um, but if you are a man, my God, what the fuck are you doing with your life? You're not dancing tango. <laughs> That's how I feel, especially if uh, if you are a man who um, if you are a single man um, and you just um, and uh, you are looking for a girlfriend, or um, you are a man who's maybe a bit less attractive um, and you just don't find it as easy to find a girlfriend, um, or you're shy or nerdy or whatever it may be. Uh, you should be dancing tango. Uh, if you just want to have a massive ego boost as a man and feel like a billion, gazillion dollars, um, you should be dancing tango. I mean, um, any man who's not dancing tango is a fool. <laughs> mm. Well, that's a hell of an advertisement. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested... I mean, because so much of this, and, you know, I think I'll probably take up tango now if for no other reason than it seems like a nice way to meet people. Um, I, I'm interested you know, from, from a, in all aspects of my life, but it, 
I mean, this comes from an interest in cooperation and conflict and, you know, uh, evolutionary theory and all that kind of stuff. But in this particular context, I'm really interested in the negotiation of, um, uh, of, of, of partnership here. I mean, this is not pair bonding. It's just, it's just dancing tango, but I understand that this is, you know, you, you've referred to it as an act of communication and an act of collaborating, but I want to, I want to talk about the being approached and the approaching. Why, if you go to a showcase, would someone refuse to dance with you? I mean, you mentioned the, I wouldn't use the word nefarious, but the, uh, the differing, uh, what's the word in French? It's attirant, the different uh, attracting forces that, you know, some guy just wants to dance with, uh, you know, the sexiest tango dancer um, you, in, in your parlance. But what's what's happening? How does this work? You walk up and you say, do you want to dance? And someone says no, or it's a formal, like, eyes lock across the room and do some hand signals? Or what do you do, like a mating call? Um, you know, whistle, or how, how does this work? <laughs> so um, there are more informal scenes in which people just ask each other's dance. Um, but in general, um, in and certainly in Argentina, in most Argentine scenes, this is the case. Um, and traditionally, um, traditionally, you make eye contact. In fact, in Argentina, in in the most traditional malongas, men and women sit separately. Men sit on one side of the room and women on the other, and which is a good arrangement actually, because it encourages the men to dance because they can't be flirting unless they're actually dancing with somebody, because there aren't any women over in their side of the room. So, um, but so the the men are on one side and the women are on the other, and. They play, as I said, they play tango in sets, usually sets of three or four numbers, and with what are called cortinas in between, which is like a kind of palate cleanser. So they play some other non-tango music to mark the end of the set. And everybody um, traditionally um, says thank you and leaves their partner and goes back to their seats during that cortina. And then you look around the room as the music begins for the next set. Um, you look around the room and you try to make eye contact with people that you would like to dance with. And if you make eye contact with them and they make eye contact with you, then the man makes, traditionally the man, makes some kind of gesture. Um, it's usually quite subtle, maybe cock the head, raise the eyebrows. Um, sort of um uh yeah, yeah uh, some something that sort of suggests um a, a question and then uh if you want to dance with if you don't want to dance with a man you've just caught his eye accidentally and he's made that gesture you just um ignore him carry on looking um and if you do want to dance you nod and then you stay seated um as the woman. So this is the most traditional way. You stay seated in your seat and the man gets up when he's certain that you have said yes to him. And you see a little bit of kind of just double checking. Um, and then he comes over and collects you from your seat. Um, so, and you stay seated to, to 
avoid too many misunderstandings, which would be very embarrassing. If mm. if you and the woman next to you both thought you were being asked and leapt up at once and had to get into a fisticuffs or something. <laughs> so um, um, this is the way it's traditionally done. And it's also, in traditional longas, people will also strategize. So if you ask somebody with this little mime, which is called Mirada Cabeseo, um, if you ask somebody in that way and they say no, it may be because um, they, they, many people will only dance with each person once per evening or twice per evening. And so they are waiting. They want to dance with you later in the evening because um, right now they want to dance with somebody who they know always leaves early. So they want to get a dance in before that person leaves. Or um, it's their favorite music um, that sets are played in orchestras, each of which has a particular kind of musical style. It's their favorite style. So they do want to dance with you, but not to their favorite music. To that, they mm. want to dance with their one of their favorite partners, or vice versa. You're their favorite, and they don't want to dance with you just yet because they're going to wait for their favorite music to look for you. Um, mm. So there are uh, lots of things going on, and occasionally also there are jealousies and um the guy will dance with you if his girlfriend is not there that evening, but his girlfriend has her kind of beady eyes on you particularly. So if she is there, he's not going to, um, et cetera. Um, so that is how the asking is traditionally, is traditionally done. What about the flip? How do you ask a dude to dance? Or you don't, and, and if you're in Argentina, that's the just same not way done. you just, the same way you make eye contact. And you just look expectantly and you wait for his gesture. You can also make little gesture yourself. Mm. So I want to dance with you. Um, uh, I'm trying to make eye contact. And then, so you just, you just accept it. <laughs> yes. I'd be happy to dance or trip over my own two feet. <laughs> um, no, it's, um, it's fascinating how these things, how these things play out. Is is this, I mean, but this is a formal um setting where there's like i assume rows of seats on each side if you're at a nightclub or you know i don't know a, a bar or something um is it less formal do you like walk it do you whisper to say hey do you want yeah, to dance or, although, or yeah how would it work in london um yeah it's less formal in london it's kind of a big confusion because a lot of people will only do it with it using this kind of traditional method but for the traditional method to work well, you need lights. So in Argentina, uh, the milongas tend to be very, very bright, brightly lit. And um, all, even those that aren't brightly lit, they will turn up the lights between sets so that everybody can see each other. Whereas in London, it's always like a bat cave, you know, you can barely see. Um, and uh, then also people will ask, um, and in usually in scenes where there is verbal asking, it's kind of more frowned upon for women to ask. Mm. Um, so cabaseo, I feel, is is more egalitarian because a the man cannot ask you if you if you're not making eye contact with him. So there's no possibility of being kind of badgered um, into dancing. Um, 
And also, you can really actively seek out eye contact with him. Um, and, you know, sustained, sustained eye contact with someone is a very clear invitation. Well, this is a this is a personal question, so it's an absolutely none of my business or the listener's business. But I'm I will ask anyway, and you can politely choose to decline. Okay. <laughs> um, have any of your uh, tango sessions resulted subsequently in romantic relationships? Um, have you ever met so, yeah. Have you ever met a romantic <laughs> partner while while dancing tango or via tango? Uh, yes, yes. Um, so I both, uh, met romantic partners at the Malanga mm -hmm. dancing. So uh, our acquaintance has begun with dancing with each other. Um, and, um, also, um, uh, yeah, on one occasion, actually, um, um, I, um, I think it was very, very clear to everybody. So I met, uh, um, I met the, 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 um, at that time, for a short time, my boyfriend, um, after this at a, at a tango festival, um, where I was, uh, where we were both, um, teaching. Um, so people were very aware of us anyway. I mean, both of us, because we'd been teaching classes and performing and stuff. So. Um, they knew who, who we were, although it was a very large, um, a large group of people. And it is traditional to go back to your seats and change, um, partners when the Cortina sounds. But, um, in the, this was in the US where things are less formal. You don't have to, although it's a little bit frowned upon to just go on dancing with the other person, with one person for hours and hours and hours. But I just, uh, from the, from the very first set I danced with him, I just, uh, we just continued dancing with each other for the entire rest of the evening, uh, for about three hours. I think yeah. at one point I was really thirsty and, but I didn't want to break the spell. So as the Cortina music sounded, I just said, stay there. And I sprinted over to where the, a pitcher of water was, and I glugged down some water, and I ran back over. <laughs> so, um, uh, yes, that was the beginning of a romance, um, and uh, there, uh, it's not the only time a romance has begun that way, actually. Interesting. No, well, I mean, case in point, Exhibit A. It's. For the listeners, you know, you should dance tango. It's a great way to meet meet your future boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, the last the last question um, I just want to ask you, and I'm going to be respectful of your time, so we can we can start wrapping up. But the the last question I want to ask is what you wish people outside of the tango community, people who have never danced tango, understood about tango. Like what? You know, what's something you would say about tango to the totally untrained uh, tango virgin such as such as myself? Um, you know, why? Um, I guess uh, two you, things. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'd say that um, it's completely unlike um, completely unlike um, ballroom tango. And it's also not 
most tango is not theatrical. It's not acrobatic. It's not stagey. Um, no. it's very subtle dancing. And maybe we can put a link, um, in the description. Um, sure. I'll send you actually a link of one of my performances, if you like, so people can see, uh, exactly what I mean. Um, so I, it, and it is a, there is a bit of a steep learning curve at first, but it is a popular dance, i.e. you don't have to be a dancer dancer to learn to dance tango. Um, and I think the majority of people who say they can't dance, what they mean is they've never really learned to dance. Um, so it requires a little bit of dedication at the beginning to learn, but it's, uh, once once you've learned, most people are able to learn. There's a small minority of people who just, just seem to never be able to get it together. But in general, most people can, including even most men um, can learn. So I would say that if you think you can't dance tango, uh, sure, you can't dance tango, but nobody was born dancing tango. Um, you... Uh, you can't tell whether you can dance or not um, unless you've put in some time and effort to learn. And uh, I always say that um, a beginner dancer is not a bad dancer by definition. It takes years to become a bad dancer. <laughs> so don't write yourself off too soon. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's good advice. And it it makes sense. Um, well, that's that's all I have as far as um, questions go. Is there is there anything else on the subject that you wanted to chat about, or you think we we covered we covered quite a bit? Um, I think uh, just one thing I'd say is that I find people very very um, attached to their cliched image of tango of split skirts and red and black clothing and fishnets and yeah. um and ballroom tango or stagey tango or the tango that stands the tango quote unquote that stands in scent of a woman and um i think um uh, that's uh none of that is really tango and you need to just get that out of your head and um and look at it with a with a more open mind. And I would um suggest um I would suggest you can look up um if uh we'll put a link to um my performance if you like and I'll also put a link to a performance that I really love by a couple called Carlitos Espinosa and Noelia Hurtado. So if you look them up, uh that that will give you a very good example of a kind of real thing. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, well, I'm excited to watch the videos, and I'll um, I'll stick them into the show notes. Iona, Thanks. thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. <laughs>